All right, welcome to Ultimate Awesomeness Podcast. I have my friend Eric here, and this is this is Steven. And okay, here we start in our podcast. Um, right now, we're gonna talk about the Infinity War trailer that was just went on this past this past week. So, um, Eric, what did you think of it? Um, it was really interesting. I mean, um, I think I had to rewatch uh, the last couple of Avengers movies to kind of get to remember some of the things that are going on and probably Civil War. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Infinity Gauntlet um, storyline from uh, Jim Starlin, 1980s, and everything that inspired the story. But they're. I don't know, it's just, um, there are aspects of that story that I don't, I, I feel just from the trailer alone, I'm not getting a feel for. Uh, the lack of Adam Warlock, uh, the lack of uh, death in the in the trailer, and it, in the, I don't know, as much as people are going on about how it's, uh, it looks dark, it looks like it's gonna, like things are gonna happen, blah, blah, this and that, it doesn't have that sense of true dread that I would hope story that like the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity Wars would give because that's like a book from my memory it's kind of hopeless for the heroes a lot of it it's I mean spoilers if you've not read it and spoilers if you don't uh, don't want to be spoiled in something that probably won't even happen in the movie in the first place but like in the book everyone all the Avengers are murdered over and over again by Thanos to power this thing. I forget what it was, but something so that he can kind of take over the universe and everything. And Adam Warlock kind of just uses them as chess pieces, not really caring whether they live or die or how often. That's, so I, I like that approach to that story, and I would like something similar in the movie itself. Um, otherwise, I feel like it's just playing it the same safe um, storytelling that they've been doing for the last ten years, almost at this point, um, I've kind of gotten bored with a lot of Marvel movies because just it plays it way too safe with a lot of things. And I'm I'm not talking about subject matter because people always say Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't safe, but as safe as not safe as its characters were, the storyline is still pretty palatable, easy to tell. And everything, and the only thing really makes Guardians special to me is um, its um, humor, sense of humor, and heart. You know, it still works, but it's just still missing something. But that's that's my thing with Infinity War. I'm excited for the new costumes and seeing everyone together. But outside of that, it's kind of whatever to me for, at this point. Oh, um, I never actually read the comic book. Uh, it. I've I'm familiar with it, but I never actually read the book. Like I've right. heard things about it. That's all I can yeah. say. And I noticed it's like uh, this Infinity War and then this Infinity Gauntlet was just two separate books. And yeah. I don't know if they're actually gonna base both storylines or I mean both books or <laughs> or are they gonna just do one of them. There was a video they released, or photos they released, I remember, for advertisements for them making it. And it showed a on the, an omnibus of the Infinity Gauntlet with a whole bunch of 
uh, post-it notes sticking out of it as, you know, showing the work they've done into researching the storyline, which I'm sure that Omnibus isn't just the Infinity Gauntlet, it's probably all the Infinity everything, you know, the Infinity uh, War comic, the, uh, what is that other one, the Infinity Aftermath, and all that other stuff, that Thanos, so, you know, to give a full story, but, you know, the main story of that entire arc for Thanos uh, kind of starts with Infinity Gauntlet. That's a big part of it, and that's the most famous. So, to me, pulling from that story is very important. All right. Um, well, they, I don't know how the the Avengers Four is going to be. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a continuation of what's going on <laughs> in Avengers: Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Is it originally it was supposed to be uh, Infinity War Part Two, but then. They changed yeah. the title, which yeah. I don't know why because of that. Did, did they announce what the next movie's going to be called, or they just kind of called it? They, they just said that they're going to call it something different. They just said they're going to call it something different, but they already started filming, so they just put Avengers 4 as a title. They still haven't figured right. out the title, and yet they're already filming it, so I don't understand that. In the process of writing... Um, they probably knew a way ahead of time that they were going to change the title, um, but they just didn't want to announce it just yet because they wanted to write the hype of it being this thing. They're probably still probably going to be connected everything, but it's possible that their initial plans to make it this big, uh, like part one and part two of Thanos and the Avengers, it, the second part probably has... is going to... I want, I'm curious with that because I wonder if the second part of this is now going to be more his own standalone storyline that is definitely an aftermath of the first one but not so much that it's like you know like when they did Deathly Hallows part one and two where it's like one story and two movies or Kill Bill one and two or one story two movies you know they're going to actually just do two separate movies that are connected but they don't have to be consumed um, one right after the other really you know I didn't really think about Kill Bill I forgot it was like yeah it was, it was a volume one and two, but it felt like two separate movies. Yeah. I mean, they, so. they, they do feel like two different movies, but it's, just, it's, it's, it's in that same concept where it, you know, it's one story broken apart because it's too long to be one movie to, to sell easier. So we'll see if they... Um, yeah, I think that would be a good example if they do it like that. I don't know. Yeah, that would be interesting. Name for the, the next one is going to be put out until the day of or the week of um, Infinity War's release. Like they might not even reveal it until like the end of the movie. They're going to wait for the you know the premieres to happen, and it's probably going to be the like when they did the Avengers trailer at the end of what was it, Captain America or something. Yeah. The, yeah, they did the Avengers trailer there, and if they do the same thing for the next part at the end of the Infinity War Part One, and then that's when they reveal the title. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like that. Yeah, and um, I think I'm not. Sh- I gotta check the schedule. Um, I think Inf- Infinity, you know, Avengers Four comes out, and um, I think it comes out after uh, Ant Man and Wasp. I think. Right. Oh, well, that's, that is one of the only ones that I know is announced that's been the Wasp. Yeah. It's the only one I can remember. 
Oh yeah, Captain Marvel. Then it's the um, this is after Captain Marvel. Right. It's Black Panther, Avengers: Infinity War, Ant Man and Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then Avengers Four. Right. Yeah. So um, it's just kind of weird they're doing this because I've heard that uh, Ant Man and Wasp and Captain Marvel timeline wise it is before. I mean, it's before Avengers Infinity War. So, we're going to see... I mean, it's going to be taking place before Avengers Infinity War. So, we could see uh, those characters in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4. Yeah, so it'll be kind of weird that we're going to see Avengers Infinity War first. And then we see Ant-Man and Wasp and Captain Marvel after, even though those two movies take place before Avengers Infinity War. Okay. Yeah, I've heard about that. I guess people have to be a, be aware and look out for that, <laughs> and not be confused. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, I noticed in the trailer that uh, Vision is is human looking? What, yeah, what? That, was, that was one of the few things I was curious about. Yeah, I was wondering if that was like a hologram or mm-hmm. some type of like technology that Vision has that makes him look human. Yeah. Or maybe he found a way to make himself human. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's a couple things that I'm, I'm thinking on that. I mean, one, it could have something to do with any of the characters being on the run from Civil War. It could have something to do with him feeling like he needs to uh, look more human to have people accept him. Uh, because I don't remember if he, what side he ended up on in Civil War. If he was in the one of the ones that wasn't arrested, he was allowed to kind of just live his life and be a pawn of the government. And if that's the case, then I would imagine maybe he's doing that to look more human. It could be something in the scene that they show where he's a Scarlet Witch, and it's him to be, come off more human and less emotionless to Scarlet Witch. But um, it's, you know, it's a, it, it could be so many things, but it also doesn't feel like there's a lot of, um, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what purpose it would serve the entire plot other than the subplot of their romance, because that's the history of those characters in the comics, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, there's a lot of intriguing things in it. There's that. Um, I, I like seeing, um, you know, Thanos is looking at just kind of how imposing he looks to everyone. I like seeing some of the new looks for certain characters, like uh, 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 Captain America's beard that everyone's in love with. And, uh, and yeah, that's kind of. It's kind of weird seeing Captain America with a beard because uh, they never... I don't think they actually done that often in the comic books. Yeah. The only time I think he had a beard was when he was in Dimensional X. I mean, Z. I think Dimensional yeah. Z. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I remember that storyline. Uh, they was stuck in a dimension. and I think that's the only time I saw him grow a beard. I think he had one in the um, other dimension thing in uh, Secret Empire, actually. I can't remember that, but I'm not sure if that. Oh, yeah, he did have that, too. Yeah. I mean, people were, like, 
thinking that uh, the that part of Secret Empire was actually like an influence of from Dimensional Z. It's very possible. It's the same kind of concept, being in another dimension. But um, that yeah. interesting in the trailer, um, uh, the look of Peter Quill and his mustache was really weird. I was and seeing um, teenage group in the background was funny. I, I actually don't remember those. <laughs> oh really? It's really it's at the end of the trailer. It's really quick, so I just kind of watched the trailer enough times so I can remember certain things. So oh. that was funny. But I think out of anything in Infinity War and the trailer itself, the most excited I was for anything was um, seeing the Earthbound characters, um, Thor specifically being an Avenger, interacting with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's where it really feels like the um, integration of the different franchises feel like it matters more than anywhere else. Because as much as they're selling it like all these characters on screen for the first time, blah, 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 I mean, they kind of... I, you know, we've seen most of it most of the time. It just, you know, now we'll see Doctor Strange interacting with them, and now we'll see uh, the Guardians interacting with them, and that's the only really new thing, but the Guardians is a really interesting one to me. Yeah. I just don't know if Adam Warlock's going to be in the storyline. I don't. They don't show him at all. I just yeah. feel weird about that, because he's yeah. very important. He's an important part of the story, and he's the main character of the Infinity Gauntlet. He's the main character of Thanos' story, and it's kind of annoying that he's not being featured in it one way or the other. I, I'm not someone that's... I, I really tend to be someone that's about... It has to be just like the books, but they're... I don't know. It's one of those things that, to me, he's such a cool, interesting character that... I don't know. He's a big part of the, the Thanos story, and... I don't know. Thanos is important to his story as much as he's important to Thanos' story and to just based off of um, the Guardians 2 mid credit scene where they mention Adam Warlock um, it just seems like they're setting him up to be a villain for the Guardians in their next movie and that to me is kind of wasteful of his character to some degree yeah cause um he was supposed to be in Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2 but I heard they couldn't fit him in, so they. Yeah, I heard that. So I guess he'll probably be in Volume Three, or he would actually be in Avengers. I don't know. It just yeah. seems kind of weird for me. But yeah, they, they did, the they did tease it at the end credit scene with the uh, with Aisha. She just um, said something about Warlock, I think. She said something. Yeah, she said they will call him Adam. Yeah, that's what it was. I remember. Yeah. So I don't know what yeah. that's supposed to be. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like it, it just, um, I, I could, I'm excited, but it just, it's one of the few times where one, I'm already tired of the whole Marvel movies kind of thing. And just the only movies I feel like I can really say I can watch over and over again have been. Um, if I try is maybe Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, I can probably rewatch the War a couple more times. Everything else, I need like a lot of time in between watching them because they're bland, they're boring sometimes, and I don't know. I'm oh. a movie guy, and it's just a lot of aspects of them, and from a storytelling standpoint, it's, it's on my nerves. Oh. <laughs> well, my favorite is, is I, always, I always like the... um. The Captain America movies, I don't know, for some reason. They are good, yeah. 
they are the best ones. And I know. There's a lot of casual fans out in this yeah, space. person I have is my boyfriend that watch, that reads comic books but he doesn't read as much as I do and isn't he'll stop a couple of months and then try to catch up on it yeah. but uh uh he's more he's more familiar than most people because a lot of my friends don't know anything about comic books they just yeah. watch the Marvel movies and yeah. they just try to take it from there or they just know about the cartoons and then watch the movies which yeah. to me the the cartoons have a very limited um information of what the Marvel Universe is like yeah cause I know there's a lot of casual fans that they think they know everything cause they saw the cartoons but the cartoons just scratches the surface on the history it's not it's not <laughs> it's not the whole entire Marvel Universe. Yeah, with, with X-Men's fans, it's more like, oh, I love the X-Men, but really, all they know is Gambit and Wolverine, and that's all they care about. Yes. <laughs> that's so pretty much it. For sure, but they only like those characters, and they, everything they know about those, the X-Men is based off of that. I mean, it's, and it's not that I have a problem with people who don't read the comics, just watch movies. It's more about the, the people that think they know everything. Yeah, it's just the people's attitude towards that. That's yeah. the only thing I have a problem. And it gets frustrating with my friends because they they do that and they talk about how DC is always bad, and then they give me that argument that I love Marvel because it's more relatable and it's easier to read and get into a story. It's like I don't need to relate to a character to um to uh, enjoy a story. To me, if you have to relate to it, that means you have a shallow sense of what you're getting out of a story because you're only focusing on how you relate to them and not the overall themes, how they yeah. act the world. You know, having a relation to a character and what they go through with how you go through life is a good way to anchor yourself in the story, but it shouldn't be the reason why you read the story. Is that the go-to thing? I think you have to try to put your, you have to try to put them put yourself in the character's shoes. Yeah. And you. You don't have to always do that. No one ever has to always do that. I mean, I, I grew up reading, I've read plenty of Greek mythology. I mean, I read the Bible. I've read a bunch of stuff with gods and, and the, uh, mortals and everything. And it's not like I want to relate to the guy that, you know, can't do anything just because I can't do anything. You know, I like, I like reading about how someone with a lot of power can deal with it and, 
you know, and how that affects them and how they interact with people that aren't as talented or strong as them. But, you know, that's what makes, out of all the Marvel characters, one of the few ones that actually makes sense of, on the relatability level is Spider-Man, because it is about you know, him having a great power, so he's therefore a great responsibility and how he deals with being a normal person, even though he has this secret that he can't uh, reveal to the world. You know, that's why I like Superman, too, because Superman is, you know, he's everything. He can do anything, but he, he has a moral code and a sense of justice and how he relates to humanity despite him practically being a god. Mm-hmm. People don't appreciate that with Superman or other... Um, I know, along with Superman is like the, like, one of the... It's kind of weird, like the most disliked and most popular character in according to yeah. people <laughs> it's like a weird thing because people fear he's too overpowered which i don't believe because it's actually other characters as underrated as more powerful than he is but a lot yeah. of people don't know that uh yeah um what else is there to talk about uh Another interesting thing I, I, I've seen in the posters before, even before the, the trailer came out was uh, Black Widow. She had this blonde hair, which is like... Uh, I forgot what the other character's name, like uh, Ben the No... Um, I don't know if you heard about the other Black Widow that was like a evil... I've heard, I've heard of a couple different Black Widows um, taking the persona besides Natasha. Yeah. She's in hiding more than anything. Yeah, it's just kind of weird like that they're using us, you know, Natasha Romanoff is just blonde hair to look like almost like that version of Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. It looks more like Mockingbird. I know, but is already in the universe. She was in Ages of Shield, so. <laughs> was she? Yeah, she was. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was there for like two seasons. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, she's actually the the main cast, but then she left. Hmm. I will definitely have to check that out. So much TV. Yeah, there is a lot of TV. I mean, it's hard to catch it all, to be honest. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of interesting things in Infinity War. I hope it's good. I hope they, I'm sure I'll enjoy it no matter what. It's one of those weird things that may come. But, I mean, to, I guess we'll move on to the next subject. I mean, that's how it was with me and Justice League. It's not a perfect movie, but I enjoyed it. And I am excited for future DC films. And um, my mini review is, for Justice League, is um, if this is a good, if this is uh, a sign of where DC hope to take their future films. Um, I'm very hopeful and excited for that because it's a good, I felt like as cheesy as the movie can be with dialogue and everything, and it's, it's still a little bit choppy. Um, its story is pretty tight, and um, the tone was light enough without being pure quippiness like the Marvel movies, but also has the nice amount of, like, what do you call it? Uh, way to concept to what's going on to kind of feel tension for the characters. But you know, it's you still feel like everyone's gonna get out in the end. So, 
some parts of it doesn't matter in that regard, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, um, I guess I could just give a warning that we might go to, we're gonna go to spoiler, might go to spoiler territory, so <laughs> I guess people have to be aware should be aware of that when listening to this. Um but yeah, I thought that the Justice League movie was pretty great. I actually enjoyed it. Um it felt like uh I felt like I was watch I was um watching uh Just League War. I don't know if you heard about that heard of that. I've heard movie. of it, yeah. Yeah, I've actually watched it. It was it's pretty fun movie and the humor was really like just like what Justice League is and it kept me it got me feeling like I was watching that movie again when I saw Justice League. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I noticed this movie is much more funnier than the previous DC movies that's been going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, a lot of people like to claim that there's no humor in these DC movies, but there actually is. It's just, er, it's, it's just, you have to look at it differently. I mean, there was plenty Yeah, of just looking at it differently. <laughs> and, um, what, like, I think my main... My favorite part about humor in the movie was just that it shows that, you know, the how Batman isn't necessarily a, a he's a tactician and when it comes to these larger than life threats. He's not so much a superhuman and he can get knocked down faster than everyone else, but he can plan everything and uh, uh, move everyone as chess pieces to really um, solve problems. And that's his biggest strength in these types of situations which I really like because he kept getting knocked down and they use it for last a couple times and it works and it worked actually for me you know um, people thought that it was taken away from his greatness but I, I thought it was it showed how human he is the human in the suit uh, working with people who have abilities far beyond his means and um, you know it worked and it also worked through the whole like I feel like um, him being a normal human experiencing all these things and he's kind of he's out of his element so he's going to act or react in kind of a dopey way in some some parts like his reactions to to seeing you know the Flash's abilities for for the first time or uh, getting knocked down on his ass they all made sense and they they were funny so I liked it a lot and um I noticed that uh Batman I mean the Batman and the Justice League in the comic books is kind of different. Isn't I just thought about that. Because uh, the problem with Batman in the comic books sometimes, he makes it seem like he doesn't want to work in a team. And in Justice League, he actually shows that he wants to work in a team. Which yeah, is kind of weird. Cool, I wouldn't say that the comic book versions express that so much. He definitely showed... He just has moments, I feel, where that are more known than others where he wants... He just says, like, well, I don't, I don't need you guys anyway. But that's more because that's his reaction to certain situations where no one wants to listen to him. Because okay. Because he's, he's, that's what I get when I read the comics. He, he says something like that because it always comes across because no one will listen to his viewpoint, which I guess is a childish thing. But that's just kind of how he <laughs> can be because he's used to being the leader and used to everyone listening to him and, and doing what he says. But when that's not the case... Uh, He's just like, well, I'll do it anyway, because I, I know I'm right. 
So it just kind of, it just yeah. works like that. Because otherwise he's really good at working together with everyone. He's and making sure everyone is good at what they're doing, placed in the right spots. Yeah. And, yeah. It just, it, I think the other part of him being a loner for the dress league is like not everything he deals with or knows about or threat that's coming, he wants them to be a part of. Sometimes he thinks he just can do it alone. He just compartmentalizes his abilities to um, solve problems more than anything. So that's my interpretation. Yeah, he's kind of, um, I guess, I don't know, in the Justice League movie, he feels like a little bit laid back to me. I mean, it, it works, yeah. Yeah. You like what I which I think actually does work. I don't. I kind of get annoyed sometimes when Batman gets too strict with everyone. Yeah, I can see that. It makes sense. I mean, you can be, and it's annoying, but it, you know, it works for this version. Yeah, it does work. Like a little bit more. That's why. I think it's one of those of good things when having an actual person in a suit saying these lines kind of adds to it. So. I don't know, but. I've noticed this is why I enjoy movies and TV shows. Sometimes from I do enjoy the comic books a lot, but for some reason, the, when the when the opportunity comes for movies and TV shows, they kind of humanize the characters that weren't such humanized in the comic books, and I like that yeah, kind of feel. So yeah, that's why I like the opportunity just to have these movies and TV shows because. They write them a little bit differently, and sometimes it comes out better than the actual book. Is that how you felt about Punisher? Because I haven't seen that. I know you did, but is that is that? Not not for Punisher. I I don't I don't think there's an example of that. But uh, it doesn't humanize him at all. It just kind of no. It does humanize him, but I I don't know. I I I think I've always seen Punisher humanized in the comic books. I don't. I guess I'm familiar with the Punisher a lot because he's, he's one of my favorite characters and mm-hmm. I've read a lot of Punisher books and uh, I've seen all the Punisher movies. I even saw the, the crappy Dolph Laundry movie that came out mm-hmm. in the 1990s. <laughs> I think yeah, I it was awful. Um, but yeah... It's 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 a pretty good TV. I mean, the Punisher Netflix series is pretty good. I enjoyed it, and it did some things differently than the comic books, and I'm still okay with that. I actually enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah, it doesn't. It follows the comic books to some extent, but then there's some things they did change, and. I think they did. They changed it because the previous Punisher movie already touched that. So I guess they wanted to do it differently. Mm-hmm. So they decided to do something on their own, mm-hmm. and it came out well. I think. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I guess I'll just go back to Justice League first for now. Um, what is it? Uh, what did you think of the Flash? Because I noticed a lot of people have like polarizing opinions about him in the um, movie. I mean, I, I have other polarizing opinions too. It's, it's, it, I think it's that thing of calling him Barry, but he's not, he doesn't seem like Barry because he's too naive and uh, jokey and uh, he's not, I don't know, he just doesn't feel like how I've always seen the character of Barry Allen um, and that he comes across more like, not even Wally West Flash, he just comes across as a kid Flash, whether it be Bart, um, Wally from either Wally or, or any other kind of young uh, Flash character. Oh, well, um, okay. It's just, but he works in the movie, and I like his his dynamic in to with all the other characters, and I like the fact that it plays on him still figuring out how to use his powers to um, to work out in a fight or uh, saving people. Um, but it's just it's just kind of goes too much like making him Spider-Man or something. It's just, it's, he's too innocent at points. Yeah, um, I did like The Flash a a lot. He was pretty funny, and, uh, I don't know, I'm not, I can't decide if he was actually like Barry from the comic books or Mm -hmm. the TV show or any kind of Barry. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, um, I guess confused about it. Uh, but, uh, cause there are times where Barry does joke around or that's more of a Wally character, but it's kind of hard. So, yeah, um, the only thing I didn't like is that, that Flash was an experienced hero. Like this was like Justice League was literally his first time being a superhero and that felt kind of weird to me. Like I wish, I wish he was a little bit more experienced before, you know, being before Justice League. But apparently they just made it like Justice League is his first time being a superhero. So I understand why he was like that. Like, yeah, like it was kind of weird where he's like, oh, I never actually hit anyone. I just, I just pushed them away and just. You know, save people like that. So I was like, oh, he's not really that experienced. <laughs> yeah. And I felt kind of weird about that. What did you say? I like that, and I didn't. It's, it's just it's how it is, and I feel like it would have worked better if it was in his own solo movie first, and then he was more experienced by the time the Justice League, but that's just kind of how it happened. Yeah, I've noticed that's, that's how it happened, but I still enjoy the movie despite it having that. Um, yeah, same. My favorite parts are probably of um, super fight scenes. I like the Aquaman a lot. He's great in it. Um, yeah. yeah, I really loved Aquaman because uh, he kind of reminds me of the Aquaman from Brave, Batman Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Where he's just more... Cheerful, he has like a more cheerful, cheerful personality. Like, he did... Yeah. 
he did close himself off in a bit in the beginning, but he started to open himself a little bit more. Yeah. Afterwards. He has a, a neat, I mean, it's an obvious arc, but it's a neat arc about him being reluctant and then him going into it because he feels attacked and then him trying to accept the responsibilities that he has as a king, as a person with the powers he has, and um, as his responsibility to helping the, the earth. So it, it plays out nicely. And, and him, like you said, he's, he's cheerful yet brooding. He's 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 um, he's aloof and laid back, but powerful. It's it's a really neat dynamic that he has, and he's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I I I mean I'm excited for for um, his solo movie and how they play with that. Um, I I think my only concern with the Aquaman solo movie is that I I felt like uh, the what's her name Amber Heard who plays Mira was kind of bland get any chemistry between him and her and I don't know if that was the writing or if it was them or what but it was kind of an, a letdown with that she looks the part but at the same time it just something didn't feel right with her Wonder Woman? And, no no Mira uh, oh Mira she was yeah. I can't really say much of anything with Mira because she was like 10 minutes I think in the movie or yeah, 5 it so it's yeah. kind of like I have no opinion about it because well, I didn't I, I, see I enough to make an opinion. Yeah, I think it's because I'm excited for seeing um, her on screen. It's a character that I really like when it comes to Aquaman lore. Um, I like in in their dynamic, especially like in the New Fifty Two, where like he's you know they're they're couple, yeah like he's teaching her about the ways of the land and. Yeah, she, I know she's more of an active member of, of the relationship in the comic books now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. she's more involved with Aquaman in the comic books as of right now. Yeah. I actually like that aspect. And yeah, she has a really good relationship with him. And the yeah. Play off each other is really good in the comics, and but that's what I mean. It's I mean it's it's supposed, but it's. I get that it's that whole, they're meeting for the first time. So yeah, I think that's why they did that, because they why? met the first, they've been, this is like, they're probably like the first year they're together. And... Yeah, but it's like her, her <laughs> accent is weird, and their interaction had no real chemistry, but that could be just the way the script was. I'm hoping that she chooses to just use her normal voice and just something less trying to be European or something and just have something more normal um and then you know hopefully they have a better chemistry in the next one because it was just something was off about her um she looked great the fight scene was really cool underwater seeing them use their water power yeah that was a great scene that that um underwater scene with yeah. those two i actually like that and i'm hoping to see more of that in aquaman movie which is supposed to come out it's coming out next year they're already done filming it so I'm hoping for that as well. It's just kind of weird. It's like the only DC movie next year, and the, the only movie they have ready, which I don't know what they're going to do after Aquaman. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. I'm excited for either way, because Aquaman was my favorite part of the Justice League in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm just, I'm hopeful for the future DC movies. That was, it, it was a tighter movie. It was then Big Batman vs. Superman. It wasn't as long. It had plenty of good um, humor, 
good humor in it. Um, I like the characters a lot. Um, yeah. It just, it's, it, I feel like it, the really the main thing that's, that um, Justice League suffered from was just because they're trying to just sell the Justice League movie so much before establ- establishing the characters like Marvel, Marvel did with the Avengers. Um, it just rushes a lot of the character relationships and um, their backstories a bit. No, like I said, I would have liked Flash to have been more fleshed out by then, like him already working at Star Labs. Yeah, I noticed. I thought that CSI thing was kind of weird. Like he just got the job, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like if he earned it, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's certain things like why it's the comparison to Peter Parker because, like, I feel like his foot in the door for his job and his future is given him by Batman, much like it feels like a lot of things that are. Yeah, it's just like candid to him instead of actually. You just like, does he have a degree? And like, did he actually go to college for this, or they just can't hand yeah, him the I mean, job? They that, they that he did. Oh, okay. Like, they they kind of hinted it, but it's not like a lot, and it's. I don't know. It's just it's things that are rushed, and I feel like it would make it what it would make it more interesting is just Barry just kind of goes through his own character arc where it ends with him finally you know stepping up, going get an internship, internship in CSI and all that stuff. And yeah. Working in. I think the problem is that DC is still trying to catch up to uh, yeah. Avengers, and they need to stop that. <laughs> because they're already way they're already way behind i mean avengers Finny war is gonna have tons of more characters than just these gonna i mean just the hat so it's like you're already way behind so forget about it just yeah <laughs> it, 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 they really do just need to forget about trying to catch up i mean it seems like they're gonna try to level off because they've mentioned i've heard that they mentioned that they weren't gonna make a justice league sequel or connected movies too much well, just gonna focus on the individual films, which I think is what they should do. Just focus yeah, just focus on individual movies, then then do the team movies. Yeah, which hopefully, hopefully, what's happening? I really hope because I just I love that universe so much, and I I, I want I'm just, I want a Dark Side movie. I want a Fourth World movie. I want the whole New Gods. Yeah, I do want to see Dark Side. I mean. I want to see Dark Side. I want to see Apocalypse. I want to see um, yeah. Metron, High Father, Orion, Mr. Miracle. I want to see all these characters um, come together and against you know um, Dark Side. I just, I want to see Granny Goodness. <laughs> I, <would love> to- <laughs> I just don't know how to do that because. It's kind of weird. She's like a brolic old woman, so you can't have that in real life, I think. But <laughs> I mean, we'll see. She's a, I, I, I can. I just wonder how they gonna. Who would they get to be Granny Goodness and Kathy Bates? <laughs> yeah, I don't really actually remember that who that is. Uh, you ever watched Mystery? Oh yeah, I actually know who she is. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Maybe she could pull it off. And I was thinking of uh, nah, I don't think that. I'm not sure that's gonna work. Um, you know Agent M from the James Bond movies, but I'm not sure she's gonna do. She can pull it off. Probably not. She would work. They just need to have like some sort of. 
body or something. Yeah, that's a problem. Was like, she's kind of a like old woman, but I guess they can make her not so as brolic and maybe she'll be like uh, more of like a person who stands in the background and let people do the fight for her kind of thing. Yeah, we'll see. That's why it's like not everything actually translates well with from comic books to you know movies and TV because like movies and TV is trying to make everything realistic while comic books more of a fantasy thing. So mm. yeah, and um, yeah, and um, I guess I would talk about Cyborg for a little bit because I actually did like how they did him in this movie too. He did a good job Yeah, I actually liked the actor. And uh, I think this is his first movie. I, cause I remember he said that you... I mean, they remember they, he only did a play before and they just hired him. <laughs> and I think he did pretty well for like his first time. Um, I actually like that this cyborg is more, I guess, articulate. Like, he's much more intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty nice, even though he's like a a football player and it it didn't come off as a stereotype like, you know, if you're a football player, you're not actually smart, but they actually changed that and he's a little bit much more smarter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I actually liked that and it felt like he was taking charge. Yeah, there's a lot of good moments with him where he just he, he shows more of himself. Yeah, he wasn't just a brute or anything. He was, had a lot of intelligence because of his abilities and uh, already before his abilities and how he kind of let, how he figured his way throughout the movie. It was, it was actually really fun to watch. And yeah, and I like... Funny as well. Yeah, it was fu- I mean, yeah, his character was always funny, especially in the comic books. And I mean, there was a lot of interactions with him and Shazam in the comic books that were... Pretty funny. Yeah. And they did pretty well translating that. And, um... So, yeah, he had, like, the funny... They had that fun ratio with Flash this time. It's like they... They just changed... They just transferred, like, a Shazam over to Flash to... Mm-hmm. To accommodate that. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty fun. And um, I like that the... The mother box actually had his own identity, kind of, because they never actually did that in the comic books until recently. I think Dark Knight, Dark Knight's Metal just ex- started to explore that. Like they just, like the mother box has its own identity. They never actually did that before. I noticed. Yeah, it was interesting how it works, huh? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen that. I think that in the original Mr. Miracle, but I kind of remember it having a sentience to it, how they talk about mother boxes and stuff. Um, Bugs the Forager, the current miniseries by the Allrays, kind of goes into that as well. Oh. How the whole mother box and booming tubes and everything, how they all interact with each other. There's a, it's really confusing at first, but it's interesting reading, especially in two how a mother box works so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff with that and uh I like seeing that in the movie as well 
Um, you want to talk about the um, the post credit scene with um, was it Lex Luthor and uh, Deathstroke? Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to feel about that. Um, it's it's cool because it was cool to see you know Lex Luthor out and about, and it was cool to see Deathstroke, but it also just felt like there's no purpose to it. That makes sense. I didn't get it a whole lot. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to lead into the next Justice League or if it's supposed to lead into all the other sequels and individual movies like the Batman movie and the next Superman movie and everything. I just don't don't know how what's that going to lead to either because it's like they just put that in there like last minute because yeah. this whole thing is supposed to be about meeting Darkseid and it's just kind of weird to just put, sneak in... Lex Luthor and Deathstroke in there. So I don't know, like, is this supposed to be leading to Darkseid, or is it supposed to be leading to Legion of Doom? You know, like, Lex Luthor. It's confusing, for sure. It's confusing, yeah. So I don't know what to think of that. And I find that kind of interesting still. For sure, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, we'll see. I just wanted to go into that. I'm sure I'm trying to put a lot of brain thought into it. I'm just going to let that one be what it is and see if it becomes anything or not because it's, it really seems like it could be something or it could be nothing. Yeah. It's just a neat little teaser. It's, it's, it's just how it's filmed and everything and how it doesn't make sense. It's exciting just because Joe Manganiello looks really good as Deathstroke, but outside of that, it's whatever. Um, how did you feel about Superman in the Justice movie? Um, there's certain things about it that were pretty interesting. I mean, it's funny because it's the same kind of <laughs> it's the same kind of comic booky BS that happened in the comic books to revive them, and I like that because I think it's funny. Um, I, I like that whole sequence. I thought it was really funny in its own weird way, even though it's supposed to be played for serious men. But that's kind of like comic books. It's just something that is supposed to be serious within their world is just so ridiculous to us. And it's kind of funny and enjoyable because it's silly. I kind of like the way they did it in the movie, and I thought that the comic version was ridiculous. So I'm, I, I guess I'm the opposite of you. I'm not so sure. Like no, I, They're both ridiculous. I just think it was just really funny either way. They're both funny. Oh, okay. I, I know that, but the comic book version and it's really so silly it's like oh a Kryptonian suit of course yeah yeah that's what it was and I I kind of like the mother box can give life energy let's see if we can give it some static electricity while it's in this pod and it'll revive Superman yeah it didn't it was kind of ridiculous that part it's the same stupid kind of comic book nonsense but it's funny because I don't like that stuff um, okay. It's so silly and ridiculous, but it's fun. It's a good. It's still. It, and it works, and it's. <laughs> so, as long as you can make it work, it, it, it's good for me. And, uh. I don't know. I just. I just thought that they. I like that they actually try to revive him with the Mother Box, which is. Yeah, that would be that. Interesting, because we don't know what's the potential of the Mother Box, and yeah. it's kind of. I kind of like how they brought that potential ability for the mother box. Um, but uh, I don't know. But did you feel like? Because I don't. I don't. 
I don't necessarily agree with the general people with. It said that they see Superman more like the comic books now, but I've always seen him like the comic books. I just don't understand that. Like, no, I, I, I agree with that. I don't like. I don't get why people have this whole sense to like Superman is not like the comic books. All about this and that. And to me, it's, it depends on what you're reading with comic books for one. Yeah, it's like people just have a broad. I mean, like they don't have a broad. They have like a very closed off of what they know. Yeah, compared to what yeah. actual people um, yeah. reading at the actual books is uh, from this old you know silly golden age and silver age kind of comic books where it's you know it's like you know uh, arms on his hips standing at a pose and looking dominant and everything and then him smiling at everyone and being like eat the vegetables <laughs> Yeah, they try to compare the uh, the Justice cartoon, which is more of a you know a cheerful Superman and doesn't go to he did go through the darkness like in the Justice League cartoon, not with so much of Superman. Yeah. And I think he did though. He does because he, I mean they go they do some storylines from there. Yeah, that's why I find it kind of weird that people said that he doesn't have a dark personality but like I've seen it in Justice League so I don't know what people are talking about (laughs) really it's people it's people's small conception like idea of what Superman is and any fans who do um who are also hating hating on it it comes from this perspective of like they only view Superman a certain way no matter how he looks he read in the comics so in the comic books the same thing like it was the same thing when People were complaining about when he lost his powers a year and a half ago, two years ago, when it was during the DC Now, DCU thing. Yeah. Um, during the, the Grounded storyline, and I liked it. That's how I, I actually did like that storyline a lot. It was pretty good. I, 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 I just... I was reading, and I liked it. It was well done, and I feel like it tied in well to who Superman is and how he deals with the situation. Yeah, I don't... A lot of people think that... The Superman comic books started being good with Jeff Johns or Dan Jurgens, but I actually think Greg Pak did a, did a well job with Superman at the time. Yeah, there's so many ways that Superman can be written, and, and you can see his worldview and tell, tell his story, but people have a very close-minded thought of what he's supposed to be, and they complain if he's anything different than that. Yeah. Including anything now, there's plenty That's of why the whole... John thing because they don't like the kind of family now, but it's dumb because it's he does it's still Superman and I feel like a lot of his cheery old tininess is coming back in the current stuff with, with well, the Superman family. I've noticed with the Superman family he's more mature, but that's only because he's older. And I kinda understood why he wasn't that mature before because he was younger. Yeah. So a lot of people were not understanding that I noticed and it became jarring when you hear people's complaints sometimes about the new 52 Superman. Yeah, it's just, it's whatever, and I just want people to complain and enjoy what I enjoy right now. <laughs> yeah, I actually just let, and that's why I was kind of disappointed when they combined the two Supermans into one character. I kind of want them to keep it separate. Yeah. 
because I actually like both versions of Superman. So it's and they made the I don't know made the origin kind of jarring. Just combining the two Superman characters. Yeah, I I, I like it though. I don't I don't mind something that sometimes you gotta like make things simpler for people to enjoy and make it simpler for the for everyone to write and edit and all that stuff. I mean, I'm still enjoying Superman comic books. It's, it's kind of odd, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I guess we could start with the comic books as of right now. Um, so, yeah. Um, I mean, this has been a light week, I mean, for me. It was mostly annuals in Moon Knight and Killer Be Killed. All right. Uh is there anyone? I mean, is there any um, comic book you want to talk about that you enjoyed this week? Uh, I mean, everyone's talking about the Batman annual. That was really good. Um, that was uh, Batman Beyond. That was really good. Um, you know, Batman Beyond was probably one of my favorites of this week, along with Moon, then Moon Knight. I didn't get to read those, but you can say it. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything. I just, I just wanted to say that um, everything I read this week was surprisingly good. I was um, blown away by a lot of uh, the new releases this week. I just kind of picked out a couple things and just um, looked at what I would enjoy. Uh, Batman Annual. Oh, you know, either I, I read several things I have it right in front of me, actually. Batman Annual is a, is a really good uh, look into the relationship between Batman and Catwoman. It's really sweet. It's got great artwork in it. Elite Weeks and um, get, and Elizabeth Breitweiser who does the coloring for a lot of the um, Sean Phillips Ed Brubaker books like Killer Be Killed Fatal and uh, well not Fatal but she did them uh, the fade out stuff like that and she's a great colorist so it's, it's got a nice old timey noir feeling to it um, I also read a nice Christmas Green Arrow annual which was interesting and um the oh. Super Sons annual was great. The Super Sons annual is. I was I was interested in Superman. I mean, it's Super Sons annual because they have Kurto and yeah, uh, I forgot the dogs. Kurto, uh, it's Titus. Um, Titus, and, yeah, uh, Titus. It's not Ace the Bat. Yeah, I know. Ace the Bat Hound is a different dog. I mean, he was a. Yeah. They did do a story about Ace the Bat Hound before, a long yeah, time Ace, ago. Um, it's just an image, though. It's but it's more about Titus. yeah, because he passed away. I remember that. So uh, no, well, Ace is in it. There's a well, although he actually uh, died. Like it's kind of no. There's a dog next to Titus on the bed, and they have pillows that say Ace and Titus. I don't know if maybe he's that. Because there was another story way back with uh, Batman. He had a dog named Ace, and he did became a, a bad dog. But it's like. He got the green. He got the the yellow lantern ring, and so somehow that caused him to. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he couldn't control himself, and Batman had like to put him to sleep, something like that. Yeah. I I don't yeah. remember too much about it. That he had a, he actually got died, and that was it. Yeah. But yeah, that, the Super Sunday was really fun. Um, when it comes to other DC stuff. Batman Creature of the Night was really good. It makes me really want to check out uh, Superman Secret Identity now. 
Oh, I never actually read those. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a concept using Superman. Like Superman is a real person in our world who's named Clark Kent. He grew up reading Superman comics, and he's and then he finds out he can fly. And Batman: Creature of the Night is about a young man who loves Batman, and then he ends up in a situation where his parents die, and he's he's uh, and him growing up and using Batman as kind of his. Um, security blankets and what it, it's more it's more complex than that I, I really simplified it but it's um, really it was a really good first issue so it could be a four issue series um, prestige format can be a little bit more effective oh okay ads, which is really cool the artwork's really good um, I enjoyed that quite a bit I didn't know that that's interesting yeah another one I liked was uh, Mystic U I actually want to read that, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> it's really fun. I, I like stories like this set in a college university setting, and you know, it's kind of cheesy in that sense. But I like the characters. It's trying to solve a mystery that's going on at a university where uh, magic users are learning how to control their uh, abilities and um, how to, you know, gain strength um, with their powers. It's really fun if, if you like. Academy. Oh yeah, I love. That's how I was hoping it would be like Gotham Academy because I actually like that book. It's, it's similar. It's like that book was actually underrated and. It really was. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Like, I enjoyed the whole run of the Gotham Academy. I finished it, but I, I, I loved what I read. And, it's, and if you did like that, I do recommend this to you because it has a similar style, albeit. Yeah. I'm sure, it's older characters, so maybe they're a bit more insufferable. I kind of because teenagers, college students can be really annoying. It was like uh, I really enjoyed Gotham Academy because it was like so weird, mm-hmm. and it's I just there was like one little bit of a flaw, like like there was like the teachers were like villains, and like it's crazy how so much bad things could happen in that school, and. Mm-hmm. Like Batman is not aware of it. Like he, they, they. I mean, he what is like he would come on and off, like maybe make a few appearances. But I'm like, it's like, dude, there's like so much going on in this school, and you're not, you're not involved with it, or like, <laughs> like it was kind of weird that the, like they had teachers as supervillains, and uh, it's true, yeah. I liked it, but it was kind of weird that. No one was aware of that going on in the school. Like it, it was like very underground still. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, if you like that, definitely check out Mr. Peter. It's really good. Um, I also picked up uh, Sword of Ages, which is a new book this week. If you have read Lock and Key um, by Joe Hill, uh, I don't know. the artist for that, Gabriel Rodriguez, has done his own um, solo book called Sword of Ages, which is kind of a sci-fi King Arthur style story. It's a bit, it's a, it's 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 a bit dense at points, but I like it a lot. Um, I wonder if I to reread it and kind of get more of the story and try to figure it out more. Um, I'm not too familiar with Arthurian legends, so I'm, I'm probably something that's a little lost on me. But I love the artwork because um, I love it. Gabriel Rodriguez's artwork, his first written book that he wrote all by himself and drew everything. So it's it's an interesting um, story in its own. First issues out now. It's really good. And um, I also read Kill and Be Killed, which if you are already reading that, you know it's one of the best comics out there right now. So I can't really say much about that. And uh, the next, the, current, the newest issue of Moon Knight is really um, uh, 
was really enjoyable. It's a good continuation of what Max Wiener started with his uh, first issue of Moonlight last month. Mm-hmm. Finally showing uh, Moonlight himself in it, and that's also neat because um, I, which is what I'm excited about, is that Max Wiener has a history of mental illness, so he kind of has a, he knows a lot about these diseases, and it, I like his interpretation of um, how. Uh, uh, Moon Knight's personalities manifest themselves and everything. So, yeah, it was really good. And um, what is it? So, yeah, um, what is? Uh, I guess I could talk about the books that I've read this this week. I'm still a week behind, so I haven't read what happened this week. Uh, I actually did like the Justice League, um, I think number thirty three with Cyborg. Because uh, they actually let him be the leader for, for during okay. that book, and I I like how they did that because I've always thought I would see him as a leader because uh, he's a football player and uh, he felt like a you know I forgot what's the leading position for football, but um, it's not that really familiar with the sport. Um, but yeah, he. He felt like a character that could be a leader, and they never did that. And I liked how they pulled that off in Justice League, and it was very well done. And uh, I kind of like, yeah, I kind of like that he was leading the Justice League in that book. That's good. And I've heard that uh, that Christopher Priest is actually gonna make him the leader in the Justice League book when he starts writing it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, so I'm wondering what he's gonna do with the Justice League book. I mean, I'm happy that he's actually being the writer for this book because uh, I didn't like Brian Hitch's uh, Justice League. It was like really hard. <laughs> it was. It just felt like short stories of Justice League. It was not. The characters weren't that deep and. They didn't really interact much. Just like straight up action, and the stories were too short. They didn't have any long arcs. And I kind of like Christopher Priest writing from Deathstroke. That's my first book I've read of his, and I love it. And I just hope that Justice League is actually good as um, Deathstroke. Yeah, I read the first two or three issues. I really liked it. Um... I want to read his uh, Black Panther and anything else he's read. Yeah, I've heard he wrote Black Panther, but I never read it. So I kind of do want to read that too. And um, I actually like that they, you know, they use the mother box in the the Justing issue. And that's what I thought. It made me think of the Justing movie when I read it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I actually like it a lot. It just it just made me think of other things. Uh so yeah, and I really I really enjoyed it and it was fun. I also have liked um Harley Quinn thirty um I just think is number thirty one thirty two because uh he's like one of the last few books with Jimmy Pomati and Amanda Con- Connor. And uh, it's I'm kind of sad to see them go, but I've been writing the book for like five years, and I think it's time for to let it go. 
So uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. But uh, I actually liked the the ending a lot because uh, you see Harley Quinn go through a, a lot of stuff, and she you can actually see that she has a good heart, which I actually like that. And uh, I guess I'll go to spoiler because I don't know how to avoid it, but. Uh, because they, they, they got me noise that they, they did spoil it in the news before the comic book actually came out. But, uh... What was that? No, that they they kind of spoiled the, the comic book before it came out in the news. Oh, okay. And I was... I mean, in the, in the news web... The comic book websites, and I was kind of disappointed they actually spoiled it. I was like, alright, I haven't... Book hasn't even come out yet, and you spoil it. <laughs> so yeah, I was kind of disappointed about that. But is that her boyfriend ends up dying, and I was, I was um, kind of sad about that. When I actually went to go read the book, it was actually they actually pulled it off pretty well, and uh, I actually liked that. And uh, yeah. Uh, I was I didn't want him to die because I they I liked the relationship between him and Harley and Harley Quinn. They actually had a happy relationship, and mm-hmm. it's the first time seeing her with a, someone who actually treats her well, not like the Joker that treated her like like crap. So it was good to finally see that, and I was hoping you know for Harley Quinn to end on a happy note, like like. For her to be happy finally and be with the man she wants to be with, but comic books they always try to make the character going through some deep, dark, depressing stuff. But I don't know for some reason I still enjoy what the book was doing. That it did the opposite of what I wanted, and I'm actually okay with it. And um, there's one more book I want to talk about is uh, Scooby Doo Apocalypse. And I'm not caught up on that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I actually enjoy that book a lot. It's kind of weird. I I was surprised that I actually I did think I was gonna enjoy it, but I I'm ex- I'm enjoying it more than I expected. So yeah, and the recent story is also pretty dark and deep, like Harley Quinn. I mean, like the little kid meets uh uh. They go to this town with Scooby-Doo and the gang, and they meet a little girl with powers, and she ends up getting uh, um, the Scooby gang ex- accidentally. Well, they didn't. They killed her on purpose, but they didn't know that she was a monster. I mean, like they didn't. They they just thought that. You know, that the monsters bit her and she turned to a monster. It was too late for her. That she wasn't really conscious of herself, but she actually was. And it's kind of sad that that the Scooby Gang wasn't aware of what of the girl being actual that she can turn herself into a monster, but she was actually conscious. And the only little boy that they're with knew that, and it's kind of sad that you know. He got close to her and started talking, and then Velma just uh, shoots him at the end, shoots her at the end, and just like, ah, damn it, 
Like she could have, she should have done that. And I kind of understood why she did it, but not Velma. It was on Daphne. But I just wish the Daphne could have not done that. But it's just kind of sad that actually the way it happened. So right. yeah, that's all I've enjoyed this week. That's good stuff. So yeah, I think. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, or that's about it? Because I have nothing else. I mean, um, not too much. I mean, I just kind of wanted to briefly say, uh, Doomsday Clock was another good book to come out. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. We actually forgot to say Doomsday Clock. <laughs> I guess we could talk about that right now. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't actually now. Thank you for that, because I actually feel the same way, and uh, I see people who don't think the Watchmen can be, should be touched, but I, I've i always wanted to see the Watchmen characters cross over with the DC characters, and yeah. I wanted more stories with them, and I'm kind of glad we're getting that, and uh, I don't know how to feel about Doomsday Clock, to be honest, because it's the first issue, and they didn't explain too much. So I don't know yeah. how to feel about it as of yet, but it's interesting. It's definitely a slow burn, and I, I like that, so that's how I feel about it. It's like the first chapter of a slow burn, a 12-issue slow burn, um, is very engaging. It set up a lot of things, more just very small things, like setting up new characters, uh, the situation of, of where everyone's at at the beginning, and, um, and it gives you glimpses of what's to come. I definitely. A lot of questions, a lot of mystery, but it's still. Um, I don't know. It makes me want to go back and rewatch them because I actually forgot a lot of stuff that I, than I thought. And I'm like. I really don't like the original Watchmen book. I like the movie more. Oh really? Yeah, I enjoy the movie more because uh, because the thing is the original Watchmen book is kind of slow. It's like a very slow burnt like the book it just drags it out too much and I don't like I think the the newspaper stuff and the the pirates thing was unnecessary in the story <laughs> so it's like there's a lot of unnecessary stuff that wasn't didn't need to be there and I kind of like that the movie got rid of that I know they did do that in extended cuts and I guess behind the scene features like they added it to the DVD. Right. I so, like that. I like all that stuff. I feel like it's necessary, but it's more of a thematic thing than anything. But yeah. I get why people don't like it. It's definitely up my alley. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just confused at you know at the end of Watchmen. Like I thought the I'm like I guess I'm confusing the I'm. Confuse the movie and the book together. I had to actually read it <laughs> again, and uh, yeah, because 
I don't remember the world continuing after the whole alien invasion thing. No, yeah, the world continues on. Um, people go into hiding and everything. In the comic book, it's, uh, it definitely shows that, that the world's in peace as they're working together against an external threat as the alien race. And um, Okay. Um, yeah, because I need to refresh my memory with that one. Night Owl and Silver Spectre go um, under, undercover, live their life in California with different aliases and di- different disguises and everything, so... Okay. You do have to reread it, but it's, it does make sense, and I feel like the beginning of Doomsday Clock and what's going on in the world makes complete sense to me and is what I thought would happen anyway, so... Yeah. I really want to um, reread Watchmen and see if I can familiar myself with it. Yeah, that's. Uh, Do that. It, it, it'll definitely help your enjoyment of Doomsday Clock. I, I'm gonna, I want to reread it just because I love rereading it. Um, and yeah. My rereads of Doomsday Clock and the next issue and everything. So. Yeah, I didn't know how to feel about Doomsday Clock. Like, I enjoyed it, but I, at the same time, I don't know what's going on so I'm like I have yeah, to it's going to be helpful ref- reading re- so. yeah I have to um, refresh yeah. my mind yeah I think that's about it and uh yeah, it was nice to have you on that one. yeah so um I, I'm gonna end the podcast here so uh I hope you guys enjoy the show and uh hopefully we can look forward to doing this again sometime and uh is there anything you want to say eric or that's about it no, yeah just keep reading um enjoy what you enjoy don't don't let what others um just enjoy what you enjoy just there's a lot of good stories out there and new and old and just you know uh happy reading all right so all right that's about it see you guys later all right Bye-bye. Bye-bye.